Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Este episodio de Salud Podcast es traído a ti por McDonald's, sirviendo orgullosamente a la comunidad desde 1965. Y uno de los recuerdos que más tengo guardados es cada viernes después de que mi madre nos recogiera a mí y a mis hermanos de la escuela, nos íbamos a McDonald's para nuestra cajita feliz. Ese momento al abrir tu cajita y ver el monito que te salía era de pura diversión. Y uno de los recuerdos que más me resuenan cuando me Acuerdo de McDonald's. Y por eso me encanta. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Salud Podcast. I'm your host, Jose Quintero. And today's episode is going to be a little different, but I hope you guys will enjoy it. I decided to do this episode very much like a video vlog, but more like a audio. I don't know how I would call it here, but basically I'm going to be inserting audios. From this past weekend, I had um, the privilege to go back to La Paz, Mexico, Baja California Sur, which is one of my favorite places to be at, and I truly think it lives up to its name, La Paz. This time around, I had uh, my best friends come and join me, and uh, this is something that we planned way back in January, and I'm just so glad that it came to fruition just because experiencing uh, a, a culture and experiencing something that I like, something that brings me so much peace and joy and sharing it with other people that I really love and care for, I couldn't have asked for a better group or a better trip. And I really do hope you guys enjoy it. So I'm going to take you guys step by step and we're going to be cutting in and out of some of the conversations that we had with my friends during this La Paz trip. I hope you enjoy La Paz, Baja California Sur. <laughs> go ahead and start this episode kind of explaining a little bit of the backstory with every one of these audios that you're going to listen to. I think you're going to get to know me a little bit better because you're going to get to know some of my best friends a little bit more in our thought process and what really goes within our minds when we get together and have these conversations. And before you hear any of these audios, I want to go ahead and say I am so blessed to have a group of educated uh, individuals who are willing to have open conversations and open dialogue about anything. Our topics uh, range from, you know, the educational system, um, really like what's your favorite animal? Like when we just start clowning on each other in a respectful way, but just having the uh, ability to have these conversations with a close group of friends just makes me realize how privileged I am to be a part of their life. So on our way to TJ, one of the first conversations that was brought up was about the educational system and how unfortunately faculty is not as present as we would have liked them to be in our lives versus staff members. And especially in an institution that is predominantly Latino, 
we gravitate more towards the staff members because we see uh, that they represent us. Not saying that some of the faculty don't represent us, and obviously there's a huge discrepancy in that, but as, um, and I know I can speak for myself and I can speak for my friend Jaime, who you're about to hear, is we felt a lot more connected with our staff versus the faculty in our college setting, faculty being the professors there staff, those who worked in the departments just for context. And in reality, I had almost no relationship with any of my faculty, any. And I don't know how it is with you guys. Like, I felt like staff was more like checking in on me. How are you doing? There's this event over here. Maybe you should get involved in this program. The more and more we started having this conversation, the more we realized that to a certain extent, we each lived a very similar college experience in that sense. But you're right, across the board, it's not equitable yeah, in terms of faculty being good. Having these conversations with my friends and hearing these audios once again, it just kind of reminds me of the episode that we had, Jamevi, uh, how representation matters and how unfortunate it is, even though we're seeing the change in this discrepancies between professors of color and then the Anglo professors that we still have on campus. Even though there are more Latinos graduating college and now going into their master's program, there's it's still going to take some time until we see ourselves fully represented how we would have loved to see. And, you know, with that representation, then comes that connection that we all desired. Science program, like... We had two Latinos, but they were in the PhD level, and I luckily they taught like a, like one undergrad class when it, when I happened to be going through undergrad. But outside of them, like it was all white professors, but there were two PhD professors. Now I can only imagine how Arlene felt having those professors. I didn't really get to ask my friend to see if hey did that make an impact on how you approached and viewed the class and did it make you engage a little bit more because you saw yourself represented or you saw a different perspective of things, especially in the psych department. But one of the things that really intrigued me that she mentioned is how when she started school, if there was just a little bit more ganas from the faculty, and even though there's so many layers, it all starts with the faculty. And I know a problem and an issue, and we talked about it, is the amount of caseload that they have, unfortunately. But if there was a little bit more interest from professors, maybe we could salvage a lot of the students who give up, like she mentions. My first quarter at Cal State San Bernardino, I completely bombed like my psychology class. And like I was so overwhelmed and so like nervous like I felt like I didn't know what the hell I was doing I didn't know where to go for help and eventually I kind of just gave up in that class and I would show up and I wouldn't really engage and like that professor could have said hey like what's going on right like there's sure. people like different levels like you have yeah. the professor you have the academic advisors in the department you have the department heads you have academic advising like there's so many layers of people that yeah. could have stepped in yeah. at some point right and then eventually I just dropped out of school I know it's a very deep conversation, especially because this is supposed to be an episode about La Paz and our adventures in La Paz. But it all started with this conversation. And this is how me and my friends uh, uh, get to know each other a lot more. These are very deep, meaningful questions that trigger different and difficult conversations. Uh, and this one was eye-opening because when Jaime mentions this... I was all like, yes. And I remember 
what class. And in addition to that, some departments actually have pride in the fact that people drop out of their program. Now, maybe some of you are professors and are listening like, wait, what? What do you mean they, they pride themselves? Well, you have to understand back when we went to school back in 2009, 2010, this is what we're talking about. There was a specific class that I remember that everybody told me not to take or if I should take it, be forewarned because the passing rate is so, so low because they're trying to weave out the weaklings. I started off as a bio major and they literally said bio 200. Bio 200, everybody, even uh, I know about bio 200. I know. This next part that uh, one of my friends mentioned is so mind blowing. The way she explains how the educational system is not equitable. And I didn't understand it, but just hearing her just say it with such eloquence, I was like, yes. Like the way all of it works and it's not built for people like us to succeed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they expect like you to be at a certain caliber. So they're like, well, you made it here, so you got what it takes. When in reality, you probably fucking barely, barely made it there. Made don't it. even yeah. know how you yeah. fucking ended up there. <laughs> yeah, even from the get-go, you're like set up for failure. Yeah. Even for just knowing information to apply. That's not even equitable. Yeah. Yeah, this is very true. How many of us are first generation students going to college and we're figuring things out as we go? So many of our counterparts have had generations of people who have gone to college. Luckily for our siblings who are now enrolled in college or will be enrolling in college, we will be there to help them out. We will be there to guide them. We will be there to tell them, hey, this is how you fill out a FAFSA. This is what you need to do to enroll into a university. The process gets easier, but I don't think universities at that point in time, 10 years ago, knew this. Or if they knew this, they didn't know how to help us besides providing us resources once we got into the university. But even then, resources were limited. All right, all right, enough about this deep conversation about the educational system. The only thing that I know as of right now is the Latino population in universities is growing. And I'm so glad I work with individuals who I know are making a change in our community. So if you're sending your kids to university, just know que hay más Latinos y que les va a ir mejor. We see them as family and we're there to help. So we ended up going to San Diego and actually staying there, getting a hotel. And it was amazing to be able to just chill, relax, avoid Memorial Day traffic since we left early in the morning and get to spend the day in San Diego. Funny enough, there was a conference going on on how there are many jobs now being automated or in the future will be automated. So later on during the season, I'll probably have an interview with uh, somebody that was at the conference because we were waiting in line to go eat food at a restaurant, which I will not say the name because they had really bad palomas. But in waiting in line, we met this really cool dude who I will later get the opportunity to have a conversation about what he learned in that conference. But until then, let's continue back with the storytelling. Estuvimos en San Diego, en un hotel. Ya en la mañana, nos levantamos muy temprano. And one thing that I love to do, and my friends know this about me, is if we're in a hotel, I'm going to have the opportunity to work out. So I went inside the gym, and 
they joined me, which I also appreciate. So this episode is clearly about La Paz and our journeys and travels in La Paz. But more than anything, it's about bonding and friendship. And to give you guys an insight on my closest friends and how we operate and how our day-to-day -day vacations are going. So we take our flight to La Paz. It's a two-hour flight from Tijuana to La Paz Airport. And then from La Paz Airport, we rented out a car. And it was only a 15-minute drive to our hotel. We stayed at the Seven Crown Hotel. And that night, we went out for a nice little dinner. You'll see the pictures on my Instagram. We all decided to wear white. And by we all decided is I proposed it and they were down, which I also appreciate. We ate at a restaurant called Lazo de Tinto in La Paz. Really, really nice restaurant. If you guys are ever in La Paz, definitely recommend it. They had Latin night. So they had a, a band that was playing Cuban music. And it was just a vibe. I'm not going to lie. I see nos tomamos nuestros drinks, nos ordenamos comida, we feasted, and we just had a lot of fun. We met a random lady who was basically clowning on her friend who was from Durango. They were both drunk, basically saying que en Durango no hay nada. Y como uno de mis amigos es de Durango, su papá es de Durango, he was like, yeah, there really isn't anything over there. So he basically le dio razón a la amiga y la otra bien enojada. Pero pues nos tomaron una foto, se tomaron fotos con nosotros. And it was just a good time. It was a good vibe. No hubo nada de problemas, nada de drama. Pero ay, esa fue nuestra primera noche, el viernes, este... En La Paz, porque el día siguiente, I was going to take them to Todos Santos, which is a pueblo mágico about an hour away from La Paz and an hour away from Los Cabos. So basically, La Paz is on one end of Baja California Sur. Los Cabos is on the bottom and other end of Baja California Sur. So it's like a triangle. Think about it as a triangle. We're on one corner. Todos Santos is on the other corner, uh, just adjacent. And then further south is Cabo San Lucas. So if we actually wanted to go to Cabo, it would have been about two hours. Pero fuimos a Todos Santos porque es un pueblo mágico y a mí me encanta y me fascina conocer pueblos mágicos because I really want to know what makes them pueblos mágicos. And once we got there, we clearly knew why it's a pueblo mágico. You literally feel the majestic architecture of what possibly somebody a hundred years ago Felt, porque es la misma arquitectura. The buildings stayed true to themselves. Las calles empedradas. So they were with stone. We went into so many art galleries. We went into so many little museums that talked to us about the history of Todos Santos. We saw Mirador. We went to a little shop that it's called uh, Besame Mucho, which basically had um, a lot of, I want to say designer clothes, but it had something very unique to him a lot of the clothes and a lot of i guess the objects had the third eye i'm not very much familiar with the third eye all i know illuminati cuando ve el ojito there was not not a triangle but i'm just assuming i know a lot of people have conspiracy theories y todo eso. but other than that it was really beautiful and outside of that uh shop there was an aztec calendar that the people in the community of todos santos built well, not built. They painted a couple years ago. So it was beautiful. También hay un mirador. Una de las cosas that we found very interesting is there's a lot of palm trees actually in Todos Santos. And it's a lot cooler than La Paz. So if you definitely do not like the heat because La Paz typically is warm year-round, then Todos Santos might be your other bet. Pero La Paz, 
que es la paz. Se respira una paz profunda. Definitely would want to go back to Todos Santos because there was so much more that we wanted to see. And one of the things that really resonates with me is, ya ni sé cómo se dice o cómo es, but it's a cultural center. Cuando entramos, lo primero que vimos was a little kitten, a little kitten that had puss in her eye and we thought it was going blind so the gatekeeper the groundskeeper there basically took the kitten and we were there pretending to rescue this cat uh, but we were assisting you know uh, with water getting toilet paper para que le limpiara le hablaron a los veterinarios there was two kittens uh, that were actually born in that place in that property which is basically now a cultural ground uh, for todos santos the groundskeeper was really nice. She uh, helped the kittens, and then she kind of gave us like a little explanation of what that little gallery slash museum uh, had. Y adentro había una vivienda que se le llama la casa del ranchero. Básicamente, la casa del ranchero is a I I don't know if it's a replica or if an, if it's actually conserved, but it's a like a hut how older generations used to live. And it was built out of straws. Tenía una cocinita, sus camas, este, bien hechas. I don't know how to explain it, but you just felt so much history, so much aura from ancestors. And I want to say our ancestors, porque somos mexicanos. So I, I just really felt this energy. Um, in that, uh, and more than anything, because it reminded me of my grandparents, porque mis, mis abuelos son indígena, bueno, mi abuela es indígena, and she grew up probably similar to how la casa del ranchero is very poor, very much you had a, un comal, un cuartito, un comal, un cuarto más grande donde se quedaban los papás y después los hijos. I remember my mom mentioning that when where she grew up, she was in a room where her mom and her dad used to sleep in one bed, y después ella y sus hermanos se quedaban en otra cama. ¿Y cuántos hermanos eran? Well, in total there was ten, pero se quedaban ahí en ese entonces como unos seis o cinco. So the families were huge, but the spaces were limited, and that's exactly what we saw in la casa del ranchero, which is located inside that museum of Todos Santos. We actually did a lot of puebleando, which is walking around the town, and we found ourselves uh, inside a coffee shop. And the coffee shop from the outside doesn't look like a coffee shop, but once you go inside, there's different stores, but there's a coffee shop that when you go in, it's golden. You see the colors of, of desert-like, but covered under a sunroof, that just illuminates that place, and the coffee is really bomb. I'm not a coffee person, y'all, pero creo que after this trip, I might consider chai tea lattes or dirty chai tea lattes, pero según me dijeron que no los hacen en Starbucks como en México. But this coffee shop, we sat down, we started talking about our trip and our plans the next day, which we were going on a boat. Para la isla del Espíritu Santo, back in La Paz. So what are we gonna do? We'll go straight there and then fucking start drinking? 
Yeah. Yeah, we got sandwiches. One thing that I really had hyped up to them was that we were going to be swimming with sea lions because that's something that I've done every time that I've gone to La Paz. So the sea lions can touch you, but you can't touch them. And then we're going to be swimming with the sea of fish. Who's going to be the actual The sea of fish. A sea, yeah, that's what it's called. It's not fishes. Is, so the sea lions never get like a talk about consensual, you know? I think they signed a waiver before they. Yeah. It's all part of the show. No one ever talks to sea lion. It's like you know what? No, no one speaks. You need to ask for consent before you go touch them. I'll have a signed document by then. It'll just be their call. Of course, they wouldn't be my friends if they didn't make a joke about consent. Just remember, y'all, no means no, okay? I'm gonna be like, you stay away from me, and I will stay away from you. He's like, then get out of the water. <laughs> it's true. We're going into their home. We need to play by their rules. So after the sea lions, we'll probably go to the Isla del Espíritu Santo, where we're going to be um, anchored down. So we're gonna be able to paddleboard, kayak, and then they're gonna do Palandra, which is the beach that we couldn't get into today. So when we rented this uh, boat, which was very cheap y'all my friends didn't anticipate well two of them uh, Jaime <laughs> that we were going to be on the boat for eight hours and that was a little concerning for them but what was more interesting was the fact that we found out that on la isla del espíritu santo there's actually tents for people to rent which is new to me because that was not something I saw it last time I was at La Paz. Dude, it's just a tent. How the fuck does it have four stars? <laughs> <laughs> Do they have a couch or shit. We never found out why they had tents or why they were rated four stars. And we only saw one tent when uh, we got there. So we went back to La Paz de Todos Santos. It took us about an hour drive. We got back to our hotel at around 4 p.m. We tried to go to Balandra, but we could not get into it. We came back. We had a dinner. And one of the things that me and Jackie decided to do, because we are the extroverts of the group, we said, we want to go clubbing. So we ended up trying to find a club, and voila, we found the best club, so they say, in La Paz, which was conveniently right behind our hotel room. So freaking lit! It's lit! Just in case you're wondering, is La Paz a super party city? No, it's not. Para eso está Los Cabos. La Paz, vas a encontrar La Paz. Pero sí hay antros donde te puedes ir a divertir. And I honestly had a lot of fun that I ended up recording this audio that night before I went to bed. I'm about to go to bed. Tonight was fun. We went to the Heineken bar that's conveniently right behind our hotel room, the Seven Crowns Hotel. Man, I had not gone clubbing since the pandemic a little bit prior to the pandemic starting so it's been years i can say since i've been clubbing and was that an experience good night tomorrow boat trip and i think here is a perfect opportunity to go ahead and take a break when we return we'll go ahead and share a lot more of the audios because we'll also get to meet some of my other friends that live in la paz or that came from the united states and also met us at la paz uh when we embark on our boat trip 
to La Isla del Espíritu Santo y La Playa Balandra. You do it all without breaking a sweat. Like being a boss exec to Tuesday tennis to homework. Why do the kids have so much homework? Family dinners, lunches, brunches, trips to the vet, and a weekend getaway that's anything but a getaway. And you do it all in style. Even when you have back-to-back -back conference calls on top of the kids' orchestra recitals, not to mention your side hustle. And that's why we created the fully reimagined Infiniti QX60. A luxury SUV as functional as it is stylish and as versatile as it is serene. With premium features like a panoramic moonroof, ample cargo space, and available massaging front seats to bring the ease of luxury to your everyday. Introducing the all-new Infiniti QX60, designed to help you take on life and all the chaos it may come with in style. Learn more at infinityusa.com. Now with extremely limited availability, contact your local retailer for inventory information. ¿Alguna vez has estado listo para sentarte y disfrutar de la televisión y luego te das cuenta que no sabes lo que quieres ver o incluso dónde empezar a buscar opciones? Cox Contour TV te facilita esa decisión con el entretenimiento que amas. Todo en el mismo lugar. Mira, televisión en vivo, programas en demanda, grabaciones de DRV y música. Todo con el sonido de tu voz con el control remoto de Voz Contour. No solo encuentra los programas que estás buscando, sino que también te brinda recomendaciones de romance, aventura o simplemente películas y disfruta. Si eres fanático de los deportes, captura la acción de golf y baloncesto que has estado esperando y obtendrás los puntuajes, estadísticas y resúmenes en tiempo real en la aplicación Contour Sports. Y si te gusta la transmisión, solo dilo para que lo veas en tus aplicaciones de suscripción favoritas como Hulu, Paramount Plus, Disney Plus y más con Contour Streamplay. Obtén más información en cox.com diagonal contour. So we went to go to bed at around midnight. Uh, I think that is the latest that we actually stayed up in La Paz, like actually up. You'd say like, oh, estos se fueron de vacaciones y se quedaron tarde y se acostaron tarde. No, we literally went to bed, I think, latest every single day, 11.30. So we actually had a really good uh, amount of sleep. We were prepared adults <laughs> for these vacations. We took advantage of them. So in the morning, Alex and I actually woke up and went to go eat in the fifth floor of the hotel room, which is Seven Crowns Hotel, where we got to see something pretty spectacular. Like right now we're having breakfast at the fifth floor of the Seven Crown Hotel. We just saw dolphins playing around, swimming, jumping. And our journey begins to the destination, La Isla del Espíritu Santo y Balandra, which is about an hour and a half on a boat ride to get to. And we're sailing off. So on this boat ride were me and my best friends that came together on this trip. And we met up with my friend and her best friend, DNA, Abby, and Emily. And then obviously DNA's husband, Luis, who have lived there since 2009. And I've known them for, well, I've known her for about 15 years or so. So it was really amazing to have DNA there and kind of tell my current friends how I was in high school. How was, was he like in high school? Oh yeah, how was oh, I? Oh yeah, what was he like? I think the same now. <laughs> was he talking? Yeah. 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 I think he was talkative. Yeah. Really extroverted? Which is muscle. Which is muscle. Oh yeah, the same. No. That doesn't change. 
chismoso yo? No, then I guess I must be in the right industry. <laughs> did I always want to work in, in entertainment? Yeah. Really? Well, what did I always used to say? Exactly, see? And this is high school. Yeah. Now do you remember? That was what changed our life. <laughs> so hearing these stories is something that I'm very proud of because tengo a DNA que me conoce for more than half my life, obviously since middle school. And the fact that she clearly remembers that I said that I wanted to do novelas, that I wanted to work in Univision. Y siempre hace la manita así, like she holds a fist and she says, with passion, because that's something that I've always said in, in, in high school, that I wanted to act with passion, porque así lo hacían en las novelas de Rebelde y todo eso, which is what inevitably inspired me to break out of my shell and to be more talkative and to, you know, pursue a career in entertainment. But it's beautiful to see that desde una edad muy temprana yo ya sabía lo que quería hacer. Yo ya tenía decidido en mi corazón más que nada because my head was completely different. I was thinking at that time, I'm going to be a doctor. I have dreams in my heart that I want to fulfill and I want to achieve. But I also have a responsibility towards my parents and not letting them down and making sure that their sacrifice is coming to the United States, migrating from Mexico, leaving loved ones and a life behind was also worth it. Y después preguntaron, ¿y cómo se conocieron? ¿Cómo conocí a DNA, que ya tiene más de 20 años conociéndome? We met in catechism class in middle school. Oh, sí. And then we went to high school together. And we sat next to each other. Did you guys do the same, the primera comunión juntos? Um, yeah, but we went, we went the same year, okay. to the first year. Pero después yo me fui a México, I went to Mexico and I did my first communion. And I still came back to my to finish the first year of First Communion. I don't know why. I should have like just stopped. Because you always have connections in Mexico. So <laughs> you did it before you were supposed to. Yeah. See? But DNA had to stick to the two-year program, huh? Yeah. Y esa amistad todavía sigue más fuerte que nunca. It was such a pleasure to see her and catch up to see what she's doing, which my friends were also really impressed with the badass boss lady that she's become porque está haciendo su maestría y también es dueña de su propio negocio. Cuéntales tu historia de DNA. Yeah, diles, diles. Se fueron. Ya me estás entrevistando. No. No, because He's exposing you to a new market. Of clients. Yeah. A new market of clients. No, because potential clients. You moved when you moved from La Paz to the United States when you were like 10, huh? No. Yeah, when I was seven. Seven, I was seven. close. Oh, you yeah. can interview her for your podcast. Yeah, that's what he wants to do, but I don't know. I need a tequila for that. Why not? Oh, you should we do it, dude. Little did she know, I was already recording the conversation. How long have you been living here in La Paz? Since 09. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's when we graduated high school. Right, right after graduation. So you just came over here and you just started... Uh... I started school and then I started my own business. I have my own brokerage right now. That's so dope, man. Dude, when you come over here, it's just like you can make you can make more moves here, dude. Like you can make more moves here because you have that like you have a unique entry in the market because you have that United States perspective and you have entry to that market. People coming over here. So DNA's always been a businesswoman. She's always had that innate 
um, maturity to manage people and to reach for her dreams and goals. And I'm glad that I'm surrounded by these types of people. But why did she start her business? Why did she feel the necessity, aside from passion, which is all you need, to start a business? Well, she explains what the minimum wage is in La Paz. And even though people are generating that money, it sometimes isn't enough. The minimum wage here is 2,500 pesos every two weeks. Whoa. So like, you really need to have your own business against like, so you can give, make more money. Entonces sería como unos 125 cada dos semanas. So if you're looking for real estate out in La Paz, make sure to hit up DNA. Porque ella tiene su propio negocio and I'm pretty sure she can set you up with some pretty good deals. After we started to get to know a little bit about DNA, the conversation and the topic of Daddy Yankee, the big boss, came up. Porque va a estar en los Estados Unidos ella y también Daddy Yankee because ya se está retirando, which was a shock to some of my friends. Yeah, he's retiring. That's so weird. Why is he retiring? That makes no sense. I mean, he's been in the game for so long. Es el papá pollito, Then the topic of Bad Bunny versus Daddy Yankee came up. ¿Quién es mejor o por qué se estará retirando Daddy Yankee? I think it's Bad Bunny. Uh, no, you think Bad Bunny is better than Daddy Yankee? No, no, I don't think Bad Bunny is better than Daddy Yankee, but I think that's why he's retiring. Porque ya es como más famous, uh, yeah. Bad Bunny. That makes sense. Saca nah. una song y ya yeah. tiene, like, But it's a generational thing, though. See, yeah. I think, I love Bad Bunny, but I feel like he's going to pass. And Daddy Yankee's like... Dude, Daddy Yankee has been since the beginning but of reggaeton. It's just so much work. Why, why do you want to do all that work? It makes sense. Like, Snoop Dogg hasn't retired. Dr. Dre hasn't retired. He's going to retire, but he's going to be back. And I put him in the same category. I think he's going to be, like, in songs, but not, like... Like making full albums and, and going on tour. Yeah. That's fucking bullshit. Well, whatever the case may be, te deseamos lo mejor, Daddy Yankee. Pronto te veremos en concierto aquí en Los Angeles. During this boat ride, we had a lot of fun. We not only went kayaking, we went snorkeling, and we did see some amazing marine life. What is it? What is it? That's stingray. It's a stingray? Another one? No, it's a dolphin. No. Aside from stingrays, dolphins, uh, fish, we saw turtles and a lot of them. First off, I just want to say my ignorance. They're not tortoise because they, even though they were huge, I literally said tortoise. One person in our group who is a fan of turtles said there's a difference. Tortoise are land creatures that can't swim. Turtles can swim. All right. So there's a lot of ignorant people who see a tortoise and they put them inside uh, uh, like water and they drown. So don't be that person. Tortoise, they have legs, all belong in the land. Turtles who have fins, I think that's what they're called, they're flippers, I don't know, <laughs> can swim. Spot the difference? Okay, well, my best friend, Jaime, is a fan of turtles. When did you like start liking turtles? I had no idea and I've known you how long? Well, now I want to know what like everybody- a lot of things, guys. Like I know, but like, clearly your favorite animal is a turtle, and I know Oh. All in all, we tried to get really drunk. We just couldn't get drunk. We're responsible adults and we had our pedia, like we had our water. But we did finish a lot of beer. Surprisingly, a lot of the seltzers didn't hit me. 
Pero sí nos quemamos. We did have a lot of fun. We went paddleboarding. We went kayaking. We flipped over a bunch of times. The water, I do have to say, really salty. So just careful with that. Pero de todos modos, no, la pasamos increíble. And I'm just so happy that I got to experience that with some of my closest friends and then also friends in Mexico. Thank you guys for coming. I hope you guys are enjoying thank it. You guys, oh, thank, yeah, thank, thank you for coordinating this. Thank you. So Did you guys like the bus? Are you guys enjoying it? Yeah, I, love it. I am. Yeah. yeah, we are. 10 out of 10. Everybody really enjoyed the boat trip, but there was something particularly that really bugged Jimmy. His only, his only bad thing was that Alex took too long. Six hundred regulars. And he had to go rescue Alex. Okay. I was perfectly fine. with all the fucking. For context purposes, we were in the beach, the Balandra. Jimmy, I, and Arlene were kayaking, uh, you know, falling off. But with the kayak, it allowed us to go from one end to the beach to our boat, which I would want to say it's about a half a mile, maybe a little less than that. Well, Alex was on the other side with his wife, Jackie. She was paddleboarding back to the boat because we were leaving. As she was paddleboarding, Alex wasn't coming fast enough and the boat was leaving. So Jaime dropped everybody off and went on the kayak to go pick up Alex. Y entre los dos, they were coming back slowly but surely. Y eso lo enojo. All in all, we were just kidding, y'all. It was just a great sight to see brotherhood in action. Jimmy after Alex. Pero nomás es pura carrilla, ya saben. And after eight hours on that boat, ya se imaginan la noche que pasamos. Did you guys sleep well? Yeah. Me too. And... That was it for our boat trip. All we had left to do was grab our coffee, go say bye to everybody, despedirnos, and catch our flight back to Tijuana. Gracias. Bye, Abby. Bye, nice seeing you. Nice seeing you, too. Hey, bye, bye, bye. Adios. Thank you so much. Igualmente, nos vemos pronto, si Dios quiere. Bye. All in all, this trip was definitely needed, definitely planned, and definitely special. I want to go ahead and give a huge thank you to my closest friends, uh, Jaime, Alex, Jackie, Arlene, and to my other friends who couldn't make it. Imagine Priscilla, y'all missed out. Just want to let y'all know para que se sientan. But thank you, guys. I love you. And um, I'm so grateful to have you guys as friends who are willing to just take random adventures when I feel that I need to find peace. Y sí, definitivamente encontré la paz. También agradecer a DNA con una amistad de años que siempre que vamos, she takes time out of her busy schedule to spend time with her friends. And I think that's one of the biggest lessons that we'll take away is valuing time for others. Not that we didn't do it, but it just goes to show how well we are connected with with each other and if we love somebody and if we want to make time for somebody we also have to take initiative and in retrospect we also can't get mad um, if other people don't have time and I think that's something that a lot of people 
take time in realizing, and I myself took time to realize. Cuando alguien no tenía tiempo para ti, you start going through your head. Oye, ¿qué está pasando? ¿Qué pensará? Or does he or she not like me? But no, essentially they're adults now with busy schedules. So just just know that. But all in all, definitely recommend going to La Paz. Si es un getaway que tú quieres eh, experimentar. Because it's not touristy. The people there, the paseños, are amazing people. Definitely try la nieve. <laughs> Nos quedamos con la nieve más que nada. We had so much ice cream uh, that day. So thank you all for tuning into this episode, a very different episode, very blogging, but with audio. Hope you enjoy it. Please let me know. Please comment, uh, review the podcast, follow us at Salud Podcast on Instagram, share the podcast. I would really appreciate it. It is. It has been an amazing season four, very tough and very last minute. If you're listening to this episode on Tuesday, May 31st, just know I recorded all this Tuesday, May 31st. It is 5.33 p.m. And I still got to edit it so you can catch it every single Tuesday at 8 p.m. here at Salud Podcast. Gracias, everybody.